I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickards. Your last name is Rickard? And we are the hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. Oh, hi. I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickard. And this is Dispatches, Dispatches from, from Fort, Fort Awesome, a news, a news radio, radio podcast. podcast. Love with, that sink. With Jen on the ether. <laughs> They have emergency services on the ether. And we have a special guest. Who's that? (laughs) It's Joe Fury. Hello. Can I... Can you see see us? Or is I was going to do a video episode of this as well for Patreon people who who pay for extra stuff, even though this is no longer a weekly podcast. Uh, thank you to oh. the delightful Patreon people who are paying me <laughs> for essentially nothing. Um, it's very kind of you. Um, but yeah, so I'll probably put a video episode out if you're okay with it, Joe. That's fine with me. I don't care. If you want to bore people to death, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we want them to but, be... but it's more it's visual boring, exactly. not just okay. audio. So that's a very, very... bore all the senses, not just one. Thank you, Jen. That's exactly. right. You get right. It. Bore all the senses. That's value right. for dollar. Um yes. that's right. That's giving you value. Right, exactly. We are now revisiting season four, episode eighteen, copy machine. Uh which uh you know what, Joe? Uh so you directed this episode, which we will talk at length about but i I did yeah believe it or not uh (laughs) but somebody we've never talked about and you tell me if it's okay to talk but we drake sather wrote this we've never really talked about him on the show um with anybody who worked on this show and i wanted i wanted to know if you wanted to talk a bit about drake because i don't know enough about him uh yeah drake i love drake drake was a hysterically funny guy and it's very sad uh I, i don't exactly know what you know what happened to him it's very sad but god was he he was funny as hell i mean uh and he was one of the guys who would come into the show he would kind of come in during the day and wasn't there like at night when we were all always doing stuff mm-hmm. so he'd kind of come in and just be bewildered and like during the day <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and he was always like saying i, I don't know what what am, what, what am I doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> because, you know, he had a lot, he had a family. That's a what I was wondering. Is it because so he was family? Okay. Yeah. And he was, so he wasn't there all night long, like all of us. So it was just, he'd show up and be like kind of surprised and bewildered and whatever. But, um, <laughs> but Drake was funny as hell. Yeah. I, I love Drake. And um, yeah, it's just a shame that I, I didn't, I, I don't entirely even know what happened, but I mm-hmm. guess. I think I think he got involved with some with something with drugs or something, which is okay. really sad. And so I don't, but I don't know the whole detail. But um, yeah, no, Drake was really funny, and he was one of the people on the show who used to make me laugh like hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm really, I sort of, I really do miss him. And I worked with him on an, another show after News Radio, mm-hmm. um, an animated show called Sammy, which uh, was a David Spade project. Okay. And, and uh yeah you know and uh and we worked i worked on that for with him for like a year and uh and this was right after news radio so yeah yeah it's just a shame about drake but he was very very funny guy he was he rough he 
well, just ga- ga- based on this, was he was a, he a bit older than everybody else in the show? A little bit? Yeah, he was a little bit older. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. Um, and I don't even know how much older, but I think it was a slightly older. And... He was born in 59. I don't know when the rest of you guys were born. but Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I had no idea. I couldn't even tell you what age he is, but mm-hmm. uh, was. But uh, yeah, he he, um, he was a little older, and I think he was a little bit more like, <laughs> I'm not sitting around doing this, you know. <laughs> staying up till five in the morning nonsense you know he just went he would go home so. right so he was so, under the so, impression that it was a job and not a fully immersive experience <laughs> that's that's exactly right yes what made you yeah no. what made you think that that it was actually just a regular just a job no he uh yeah no he and he was he was kind of like the day shift on the show he'd come okay. in and, and then he'd go you know, he'd be there and go like, "I don't. What am I here for?" I don't know because everyone was, we were all asleep. Basically, <laughs> he's also so, one of like he's one of the. I mean, he's one of the co-creators of Zoolander, which is another mm-hmm. thing people might know his name from. But yeah, yep. He, he wrote I, on yeah. Larry Sanders, which is a. I'm assuming how he got on onto news radio. I'm assuming it is that. One. Yeah, okay. I think so. I mean, he that's how he he, he started, and uh, I mean, I, I don't know if he that's what he started on, but that's how he started with the show i guess yeah he knew paul and sort of did it through that based on this it's his that was his first long-term thing although i will say he he did write an episode of empty nest and that's exciting to me because i i do love it did he oh i didn't know he wrote wrote a single episode of empty nest really yeah i did not know that Um, yeah he was he was a really funny guy anyway um yeah so did I answer your question? Or did yes, I, uh, you did. Oh, yeah. We haven't oh, okay. talked. You know, I, I was never <laughs> sure if I should bring him up with people. It's like it was funny because when Josh Lieb came on before, I was like, "Are you okay talking with Phil about Phil?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm an adult. Like I'm a grown up. I, we, we, I can talk." To him. I'm like, "Okay, yeah. I don't." You never know what people are sensitive about, so I wanted to make no, sure. No, I, it's you're you're that's that's <laughs> yeah. You're right. I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, I, it's not a big deal to me. It's just sure. sad sad about yeah, him. But uh, he was, you know. I love Drake. You know, he was great. And um, he he really used to make me laugh like hell about it. And he was always just so sarcastic about stuff. You know, he mm-hmm. just, he just constantly, he was one of these people who just had a constant, like, bewildered, you know, look <laughs> on his face. He was always going, and he turning to me all the time and saying, are we really doing this? You know, I go, yep, yeah, we are. This is a very tight episode that he wrote, and but yeah. also I I would argue tightly directed. How did how did this happen? How long had you been campaigning to direct on this show, and then why did you get this one? I literally was wasn't campaigning at all. Okay. Paul came, Paul came to me and just said, "Hey, do you want to direct an episode?" Hmm. That's literally yeah. how it happened. I don't. That's um, I didn't. Did Tom Sharon's calling sick that day then? Or? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, he did. Well, Tom wasn't there that week, but Tom was actually really helpful. Tom was great. He was yep. really helpful and really nice. And like he was, you know, I I, I hadn't directed one before, but uh, it, it literally happened. Paul one day just said, hey, do you want to direct an episode? And mm-hmm. I went, I sort of went, I, I guess, sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, we were just there so often anyway. We were on the set the whole time, and it was kind of like we were somewhat directing stuff anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, some, somewhat, I mean, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's literally how it came about. And uh, I don't, I didn't ever say, like, hey, I want to direct an episode or anything. I just did all, 
basically just came to me and asked me. So, which was which was nice. I mean, I was flattered, but mm-hmm. um, uh, I know. Uh, I mean, you obviously worked with the, the the cast and crew, and you knew everybody, and you have so many hats on this. But were you nervous at all to direct, or were you like, "All right, let's do this"? I, you know what? I, yes, I was nervous because I just thought, like, "Oh, I don't want to screw the whole thing up. I don't want to make it be terrible." But um, I, it was so I was so used. To, I was it was just so comfortable because I knew everybody and everybody knew me, and it was very easy as opposed to like other directors who came in who didn't know people. And then, then sometimes it was weird, you know, like we had a lot of trouble with other directors because they just kind of didn't get into the swing of it exactly, or they didn't kind of understand it, or they didn't understand the psychotic nature of the cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there, everybody was insane involved with the thing. So, uh, uh, and that's why Tom ended up being a director consistently through the whole show. Also because he was a good director. He was a really good director. He was a great director. And he was great with just keeping, he kept a consistency to the show, which was important. Yeah. You know, which really it needed because it kept every week up until that point, until he came in, we had someone, you know, and all, there's nothing against the other directors. It was just, you're dealing with different people all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was good to have consistency. And that's what Tom really brought to the show and really helped. So... Is there an element of seeing that and being like, I kind of do have to copy what Tom is doing, but put my own flavor on it? Um, I don't, you know, I don't think I, I don't think I felt anything like I was copying what he did. I think okay. I just, I don't think, I mean, I just kind of said, I, I want to do it. So it, it just feels like it's another episode. I don't want to do anything to it. That's the other thing. Some other directors on the show would sometimes try and do stuff. Again, there's nothing wrong with this. This is what directors do. You know, you, they would try and do different, you know, camera things or things like that that were, and it was, it just, we weren't sort of interested in that at all. You know, we weren't, it was more like, it, it, we should, it should be pre- very simple. And some, it, it, there shouldn't be anything flashy camera wise or anything. I mean, I remember somebody doing something of like, you know, zooming in on something and what it was just, we're never going to use that. You know, mm-hmm. we, never, we never did anything like that. Everything just played out like a play, you know, in wide shots, tighter shots. And so it, it was kind of just a basic formula that you followed. Mm-hmm. The, really the main, the main thing a director brings to those shows to any, any show I think is um, just getting an energy from the, from the actors. That's and fair. like, that's which, Jim Burroughs really did well. Mm-hmm. Jim Burroughs was great because he could get he got like a really good energy out of the actors, and the actors you know responded to it, and they 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 I don't know he inspired them somewhat, and Tom did that too, and not that other directors didn't, but I just mean they were more comfortable with with certain directors, and they they responded to Burroughs very well, but then Burroughs went on and was doing other stuff, and then. They responded to Tom because he just made them feel like they they could do what they wanted to do and didn't. So I, I all I did was kind of feel like I continued that. I just continued that thing. I want to let them do what they want to do. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't try to be, you know, put on a director's hat and a writing crop or any of that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> I'm like, nothing, nothing like that. But uh, no, I just tried to you know do it the way they did it you know and did it did it as work with them as much as possible 
So. I'd, I'd have Did. to look though. I think it, the it's rarer that anybody who was a <clears throat> pardon me a director on news radio was an actor, with exceptions. I know that you know. Uh, Michael Lembeck and did 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 uh, <laughs> the dentist from the Bob Newhart show whose name has escaped me? Did he Jerry the, the Jerry the dentist directed one? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that, that's two other actors. But you're an actor. Did it help? Do you think? Yeah, I think it helps in that you understand you understand actors in that mm-hmm. you're not just you're not just saying you're not doing stuff just. I need to. I need this shot. And I need this technically to work right. Like that. Like anything we did. I would say to the actors, you know, I want to watch. I'd watch what they did and go, "How are you comfortable doing it?" We'll work around you. I, I didn't do it. You know, it wasn't the other way around where it was like, "You have to do this to, to be in this shot." And I didn't. None of that was. And I, I mean, I've directed other stuff, and I've always kind of directed like that too. I just feel like, do it. Let the actors sort of determine what you're doing mm-hmm. with, with stuff and. Uh, you know, and then you, you, and the other thing is with directing these things, it's like you're, you're directing a play, basically. Mm-hmm. You're directing a play and you're stopping and starting and you're going back and forth, but you're, you, it's not, everything isn't, doesn't have to be perfect when you're filming it because you're going to, you're cutting it all together anyway sure. at the end. So it's, you know, if something doesn't play exactly right in one camera, so if you're looking, because when you watch it on the screen, it's, you see all the monitor, all the different, uh, cameras, you mm-hmm. know, what every angle is looking at. So if you're, you so say you're looking at something and you you can look at stuff and like what Paul and I used to do that all the time. You'd look at stuff and go, oh well, we we have that and we got it in that shot. You can see it right there. So that's that's all you needed. You know, like you didn't mm-hmm. need you just like as long as the joke was working and whatever the angle was that we needed mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. You, that's kind of how you did it. You know, and then then when you go to editing, you just you'd pick all of the this, the angles and stuff that you talked about so you weren't really you're just setting stuff up i used to say it was like part of the reason they asked me to do more of them they had asked me paul you know and and the cast said do you want to do some more of them which i was very flattered about and i didn't do i didn't because it was i was doing too much stuff it was too it was like nuts i couldn't do the and i would have loved to have done it but it was i was you know we were doing the writing and then we were doing everything else we were all doing all this stuff Mm-hmm. at the same time and um i just thought it's gonna i'm gonna be take i'm gonna be gone from the and that element of it completely which didn't interest me that much so i don't in retrospect i wish i kind of did some more episodes but I, I at the time i did feel like it's just it's you don't need me you got tom and they, tom's great and like if we have if we actually if you need somebody to do it sure i'll do it but i don't know uh, well, the, this particular episode you directed, though, like, uh, were you, did you feel any overwhelming thoughts just for the sheer fact that you do have so many hats going into this? Because I know you said you were hesitant when they asked you to direct more. Yeah, I, well, it was mostly that it, it became like, I don't mean to simplify, I'm not trying to simplify it and say that directors don't do anything. I don't mean that at all, in the least. But at a certain point, you become like a traffic cop almost. Is what it happens you know you're standing there going you know you know do this and you know okay put that camera over there and put you're spending so much time sort of organizing stuff that the i'm not saying the creative stuff goes away but it just it it, it was less interesting to me than coming up with ideas and coming up with and 
you know, I, I have no problem with it. I'd do it again in two seconds. But um, it's just when it was all going on at once, it was like if I had to pick something, I just said, like, I, I think I'd be better off just, you know, working as a producer and a writer on the show and not, not concentrating so much on that because it just it did feel a little bit you know, like a traffic cop, sort of mm -hmm. like I was just, I was there and everybody, you know, was great and it was fun. And, but it, you know, uh, it was a little mechanical, I guess, so, in some regard, that's mm -hmm. all. But, sure. but that's important. That's what a lot of these directors, that's what they, that's how they do it. You know, and that's what, it, that's how it is. It's like a, a huge amount of this stuff is edited, is put, is really directed in the editing of it. I hate to mm -hmm. say it, but, mm -hmm. and, Again, that's not to say that there aren't good directors. You know, Jim Burroughs is great, and Tom's great, and you know, Jerry the Dentist was a good director too. He <laughs> was very good. Mm -hmm. um, and Jerry the, Jerry the Dentist directed, you know, Bob Newhart, and he directed, oh, yeah. uh, he directed like a million TV shows. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I just love that we just keep calling him Jerry the Dentist. This is that's what that's what we did when we were we were working on it too. We just kept Paul would go like, can you go down and just see if Jerry the dentist needs anything? Like that's what we, we the whole time we were. Really, it was everything. How do you everything. not? How you can't see him and not think that immediately though? That's, yeah, it's like seeing Gilligan and not calling him Gilligan. Like calling him. Oh, can you go talk to Bob Denver? Who? Oh, Gilligan. Yeah, sure. Or Goober. Go talk to Goober. Yeah, sure. He insisted though, right? He had to have insisted he you call him. me Goob. Goober, yeah. I think Goober didn't care. Goober actually didn't care, but <laughs> Jerry the Dentist probably would have. Very quick, quick side note about this is entirely unrelated, but I had a flash to news radio and that somebody from news radio needed to hear this. Um, I, this, this book, I'm reading this book by a comedy historian named Cliff Nesteroff, and this is all about indigenous and Native American comedians. And there's one story where these two Native American comedians, were, they were performing on Hee Haw with Goob, and most of the story is about how he would, uh, he put on his, his, his costume, but hmm. he didn't wear anything under the costume, meaning he he no he went commando underneath and their just description that he had the biggest balls they'd ever seen <laughs> so apparently just so everybody in case you wanted to oh. know that's an argument to read this book which i'll i'll advertise in the in the it's also book. an argument to not read that book it's also an argument i mean if you don't want to if you don't want to picture his nuts that's yeah, goobers. That's not something I've ever really wanted to do. And Goober was, you know, as you guys well know, Goober was on the show and we mm -hmm. worked with Goober. I don't recall anything about his nuts, but Goober uh, in a nutshell. There's a reason that book was called. Uh, <laughs> I, I just hope you didn't get his costume back then. Here. Uh, <laughs> did you? Did anyone who you've talked to on this podcast talk about Goober in a nutshell at all? Uh, I feel like it's been mentioned because it's definitely in all the a ton of the commentary. But I feel Goober like in a nutshell was became like at one point. Uh -huh. That's how Goober ended up on the show, and right. like, it became. We found it. We went out. This was this is actually the story how this happened. We went out to. We used to go to a book stand all the time, mm -hmm. a, a newsstand, on uh, Coanga and Hollywood Boulevard, right on the corner of Coanga and Hollywood Boulevard. Mm, and sure. They, and they had a book section. I have no idea why. Like I don't know. Like most of it was like pornography, and then other like horrible junk. And then then they had like real books, and they had, and <laughs> and I was looking through it and just found this book about Goober, and I was like, we were looking at it, and we just in the store started laughing, 
<laughs> and we were like going like because uh, I, I don't even know what we were looking at particular things that i think it was like me and paul and josh or something this was like early on on the show and and brad isaacs too i think who this was like the first season of it or the whatever the hell the first season was four episodes anyway we discovered this book and we became obsessed with this book for like the next three weeks where to the point where <laughs> all we did was sit there and read part parts of the book out loud and then <laughs> and laugh our heads off and, like, and it, parts of it became part of the show at one point like it ended up being in the show and it was purely because we just were looking in a bookstore and, and looking at a book thing and found it and then couldn't stop talking about it of course like, yeah it was insane and uh so goober in a nutshell became like the fun you know be, that was like our inspiration to to work for the first uh <laughs> first season of the show with josh and, and brad and paul and i it was like that's kind of what got us to work. We're like, oh, let's let's take a let's read another chapter from Goober in a nutshell in order to get going. <laughs> Writing Wait. is procrastinating, right? I mean, yeah. that is. Did you have Goober sign the book? Oh yeah, absolutely. He signed everybody. He signed all our books. We we got a bunch of. I think he even brought some, and then we got him to sign. <laughs> I have a copy of it someplace. Oh my I god. Was... I would love it if he signed every page. Oh my god. <laughs> I have a copy of it somewhere, but I, I have to find it. But. Um, yeah, I think he wrote like you know, Goober says hey inside it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And Amazing. truthfully, he was he was a really nice guy. That's the yeah. thing, and he was a really sweet, nice guy. But um, we just like we we were howling, laughing at some of the things in that book of like how he how Grandpa Jones like just punched him in the stomach one day. Jesus no Christ! Oh, Goober, no. it was, I think they believe the story was Goober was sitting outside the se the set. Uh huh. Just sitting there, I think you know. I don't smoking a cigarette or drinking a drinking a cup of coffee, and and whoever the hell Grandpa Jones was, I don't even still don't even know. <laughs> walking up, Goober's Goober standing there, and he says to him, "Hey, Grandpa, how are you?" And Grandpa punched him in the stomach <laughs> for no particular reason. Yeah, and this was and this was in the this was in the book. <laughs> Things like that were in the book. Or <laughs> Goober, every story Goober talked about was about <laughs> some, some sort of humiliating thing that happened. And then another one we used to we loved was oh. when Andy Griffith called up and told Goober that the show was canceled. Mm -hmm. The show was over and he called up and he, and the converse, you, you should really get the book. And I'm going to have to now. Oh my God. You have to get it and read it. Mm -hmm. Read the Andy, Andy Griffith section. We, we quoted this. I could, still, I could still to this day, I can call up Paul right now and say it and just simply say to him, it's over. And then Paul will go, what's over. This is what the dialogue was. Mm -hmm. I can we can do this dialogue. So, so, I'll tell you what it is after I say this, but uh, it's over. What's over? The show. W what show? The show. It's over. This was actual dialogue that Goober and Andy Griffith had. <laughs> that wow. We could stop laughing about. <laughs> this is he writes this in his book. Andy called me one day and I was completely taken off guard. Something like that. You know. Hey, Goob. Hey, uh, Goob. It's over. What's over? The show. The show, what show? Our show. It's oh, you know, something that oh, <laughs> he just he didn't grasp the concept at first, and then finally, Andy says some, which we we still particularly enjoy to this day. Andy said to him, "Yeah, if you want any of that crap on the stage, you better come over because they're throwing it all out." <laughs> <laughs> 
And then Andy Griffith punched him in the stomach. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then Andy punched him through the phone in the stomach. <laughs> and another one was another one was uh, uh, what's his name? Bob Denver, which you mentioned for some mm-hmm. reason. He drove over to Bob Denver's house for some reason, and Bob Denver came out of the house and punched him in the face and knocked him on the ground or something. <laughs> Just like, I can't remember exactly what the stories were. No. You have to, you have to re- he and Bob Denver got into a fight about something. I don't know what, why. And, just, and the idea of Gilligan and Gilligan him. getting into a fight and, and like was just so bizarre to us. What the fuck is Hollywood? What? Wow. I need to read this book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, get the That's book, you laugh your head off. Yeah. Oh my God. We read that thing from cover to cover and like, I'm like, we couldn't stop laughing. Bob, Bob Denver punched him in the face. And like every story ended up, and then so-and-so punched him in the face. What? <laughs> Why do people hate Goober so much? <laughs> he was a very nice and sweet guy. Maybe they just felt like they could, they can take advantage of him or something. Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably the only explanation I can give, because he wasn't, he wasn't like a mean or creepy guy. He was really nice. So. Wow. Anyway. Well, <laughs> oh my god that's, that's remarkable that's, an, that's for another entire podcast yeah that's seems like it we may have to do a goober cast at you should some get point. Paul, at some point you should get paul and i on to just talk about goober in a nutshell oh my god please I think, yes i think we'd, we i think we'd laugh our that is a weird much. side episode that only nerds first news radio and deep behind the scenes shit would be why are they doing this episode well, that's how but that's it. how he ended up on the show that's the reason it. goober ended up on the I show love it do you have George Lindsay's uh, record album? Because I do have an MP3 of it I can send you. No. Is it good? What is it? I have no idea. I ripped it. I, <laughs> I, only, bought, I only bought it because uh, I knew I'd eventually be sending it to a new, uh, somebody from News Radio because I knew they'd want to hear it even if it's terrible. Is it, is it him singing? It's singing. Or? It's mm-hmm. singing. I collect comedy albums, so I thought oh it was God. a comedy album Goober at sings? first. It, 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 I think it is called Goober Sings. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yes. Can you send me that? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll send it to you, please. That's. Oh my God. Uh, there's probably some. It. I imagine there's some gems on that. <laughs> I think there's probably some great. What it is won't, he singing? Like, I, that's a good question. It, it won't be like you know uh, what's his name because what's his fuck could sing. Gomer could sing. Obviously. Yes. Well, Gomer. I, yeah. Gomer was a real singer. Like but, beautiful voice, but I. I yeah. don't know if Goober could sing at all. I'll be honest. So it's going to be an adventure for oh all of us. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah. Is it one of those things that I wonder if it's like him just talking, like talk Jack singing? I bet. I Which, bet it is. That could be funny too. But uh, yeah, wow. I, that's I honestly don't recognize the names of any of these songs. So um, is uh, it what I'm wondering if it's like one of those? You know, he's like those Beatles songs or something like stupid. Like it's not quite that. Believe when it or Frank not, Sin- you never hear that when Frank Sinatra did. Oh that, yeah, like you know, yikes. Uh huh. Forget what the, like, just add stuff into it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, it's so, and you can you can kind of track his career by when he's saying things like Scooby Dooby at the end, or right, like right. some other weird bullshit. That's right. What a here weird comes this. Here comes the sun, baby. You know, like adding what, <laughs> what? adding yeah. har- horrible lyrics. Oh yeah. That's not one, but I mean, just making something. He this, just my f- horrible things into them. My like, favorite Sinatra. I think my favorite Sinatraism is when he covers Downtown by Petula Clark. And uh, it goes something to the effect of, when you're alone and life is getting you lonely, you can always go, ooh, downtown. And he does that every time. And he keeps going, ooh, and it gets more intense. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? This is not. Have you have you heard his version of Mrs. Robinson? No. No. Oh, my no. God. You have to, after you get off this, Google or look find his version of mrs robinson 
Oh my God, it's the funniest thing in the world where he says, uh, he says, uh, and here's to you, Mrs. Robinson, messing with that young stuff like you do. Something, something like that. Oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck? What? He just oh. like, adds, adds his own take on it. That's just like bizarre. What a fucking I would weirdo. love to see the video of the producer in the recording it's studio just doing creepy. this every time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And producer, and then of course, probably what really happened was the producer went, "Do you want to do another take on that?" That's fine. What's wrong with that one? <laughs> right, Frank? Do you want to? You did it again. Do you, yeah. Did you mean to go? Ugh? Yeah. I imagine as his career went on, there was a lot of maybe him demanding that one take is fine. Let's oh, move sure. on. Yeah, I well, think I mean, I there's think a he, famous Phil Hartman he, bit about it. Oh yeah, Phil Harmon used to. Phil used to do him all the time. Yeah. Imagery, imagery, I got yeah. chunks uh, of guys like you in my stool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Phil used to do him all the time for the yeah. audience. Oh, that's so yeah. good. He and but Phil. The thing I always loved that I always thought was so funny was Phil used to do it on the set all the time. Oh wow! Was singing Frank Sinatra, but it was said he partic- he took particular. Uh, delight in Frank Sinatra singing uh, what was the song? Incense Peppermint da, 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 you, know, you know that drunk song? Phil yes. <laughs> used to sing that all, as Frank Sinatra all the time. <laughs> Incense Peppermint da, 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 da. <laughs> so I, still think so, I don't even know I don't think Sinatra ever actually did this song but just the idea of him doing that. That's very like, funny. Oh, trying to do it like a, hip, like a hippie drug song. It's <laughs> oh, so 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 good. That was well, those favorite things to do. Anyway, no, ahead. please, please. Going off track about. Well, we, I, I brought us off track on, talking on about this Goober's show. Balls. How dare you? Sir. Um, <laughs> let's talk about directing. Did you talk, to, did, did you talk to Josh about like this kind of crap? I not to this <laughs> level. Now we need no. to get him back on. Yeah, we absolutely <laughs> yeah. do. If he Josh, wants to Josh, come back on, Josh has good stories, I'm sure, too, about all of this. Josh is one of those few stories on my podcast where it turns out he ended up like miles away because the directions were weird, and I still feel bad about asking him on the podcast because of that. Um, oh, really? That's all on, oh, yeah. oh, you mean when you were doing it? Yeah. He was so nice about it, though. So sweet. Oh. He was such a sweet man about it, but I felt mm-hmm. terrible. What was it like directing? Oh, he's a, he's a very, he's a nice guy, Josh. Oh, he's very sweet. That's yeah. why he was a good episode. Um, yeah. wh- uh, wh- why... Uh, why? I'm an idiot. What was it like directing <laughs> Phil Hartman? I hate asking what was it like questions, but I have no other way to ask it. What was it like directing right. Phil Hartman and plus all of your other friends? Like, I want to know what that felt like to you. Um, it was it was actually very easy. They were they were great to, to work with. I mean, Phil. Um, I, I, the, the thing with Phil was Phil was really very easy to work with in mm-hmm. that you could just suggest stuff to him and he 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 wasn't like no i i'm doing it this way and i'm doing he was very easy to to he cuz he wanted to make it funny so he would come over and go did that was that did that work right did that, was that funny or would you, you know and i yeah and i'd say i said that was great or or you know maybe try it with a little maybe say a little bit more whatever they do it a little angrier maybe it might even be even funnier that kind of thing and he would get it immediately. He would just, go, you know, oh, okay, great, let's do it. You know, like he was like that with when you when because we did that on this show all the time when we were filming. We were constantly changing lines and changing things, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, and most of the time he was completely fine with it. You know, he would just go, okay, all right. He'd like think about it for a minute and go, all right, all right, okay, and then like he would do it, and it would you know inevitably be really funny, but. 
I don't. He was. None of them were difficult. Yeah. I mean, the only the only people who were difficult, obviously, and not for working with them wise, but it was Andy was difficult in terms of just being, you know, getting in trouble and stuff. All sure. Oh, well, well, he Andy Andy. I, that's not true. Also, also, Andy would get stoned a lot mm-hmm. during the filming. I guess I, I probably told you that, but um, I think it's come that up. that was a pain in the ass, and that and that he would be much funnier when he wasn't stoned and he always thought he was funnier when he was stoned mm-hmm. and he just, he, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So there were be, there were so many times where we'd be looking at, you know, the, the monitor where you're watching the screens and they'd do a scene and Andy would do something. And then like Paul and I would, and Tom would look at each other and go, he's stoned, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, <laughs> and we'd go over and I'd go over to him and go, Andy, are you stoned? And he goes, I am. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Jesus Christ! So that that was really the only real problem, but everybody mm-hmm. else was was great to you know, and Andy was great to deal. Andy was great to work with. He was a mm-hmm. he was a fun once you know when he was doing the work, he was great to work with. He just he had you know he had problems, but Phil was great because he just was he took direction and wasn't not like he took direction like I gave him such great direction. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I, just I made, made you Hardman. That's right, exactly. I I made the show what it is. No, he uh, he, you know, he took he took stuff and didn't didn't get insulted and didn't get like turned into like a big ego and and, he, and none of them really did, you know. Right. And Mora, you know, Mora was the same way. Mora was always, um, you know, Mora was actually very insecure a lot of the time and just would be like, I I, I was that was terrible. I was terrible. And I a lot. I, you know, I remember several times. She's brilliant. She was really, she was really funny. She's funny as hell, and I used to say that to her all the time. I go, "You're funny as hell," and she'd always say, yeah. I'm, "But I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like this. I don't have any. I don't do anything funny. Everyone else does funny stuff." And I said, mm-hmm. "But you're funny in a different way." I, mm-hmm. I would always try to explain that to her, but I don't, I don't think she. I mean, I think she, you know, on some level, got it, but she was kind of insecure about it and was always a little bit like. Everybody else is funny and I'm not funny. And I would say like, you're funny in the way that sort of Marriage Tyler Moore is funny on Marriage Tyler Moore. Yeah. She sometimes yeah. is not is not the joke, but she's certainly funny in it and fun, you know, and she's funny as hell. She's just as funny as they are. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. a different kind of funny, you know. And um, when you're, anyway. it's hard because yeah. especially if you're leading a scene, then it's hard to feel funny. If you're only reacting, it's hard to realize how funny a good reaction is. And yeah. If you're not, if you're the straight person in the scene, it's so hard to realize how integral you yeah. are. Some people do. Some people oh, yeah. get it. But I think if you come from her background, which wasn't, which wasn't strictly comedy, it's mm-hmm. probably hard to realize why, why am I here? Like you would, I would feel like an imposter. I feel like if I... You know? Yeah, and I think you know I don't know if she felt like that all the time, but she sure. there were periods where she would feel like uh, yeah. I, I remember we were filming something and like she just did something and and I happened to be standing there and, and going into the right right between the takes and she was really upset and I went it was just I, he she and I in the break room behind the door and I was just talking to her because she was very upset and, she, and I was saying you were great I mean you're being upset about I don't know what you're you. You're not, I said, I mean, I understand you're upset, but you're not, you, you were great. It was very funny. I don't know what you're so worried about. You know, mm-hmm. and she just used to get worried a lot, you know, about mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, um, I, I, whereas I the feel, others kind of didn't, but yeah. No, I was just saying, I feel like you guys, uh, at least through the years, like seem to do a good job of weaving maybe that insecurity into her character. At least she brought it like, cause 
We did. It did, actually. I mean, that's the thing about the show that, that I think helps make it work, is which I think helps make a lot of these things work, is, uh, you know, an, an enormous amount of the real people were weaved into the things after a certain point. I mean, they were totally weaved into it. I mean, you know, Phil, Phil's character ended up being, you know, a lot like Phil himself. Phil's not a jerk, but I'm saying... Mm-hmm the sarcastic side of him and the whatever mm-hmm. was really Phil Hartman himself, you know, mm-hmm. was really, and uh, so I don't know. This yeah. is so dull. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to start uh, asking you some excessively dull questions because it's oh, about, yeah. about the real nitpicky technical bullshit. So here we go. Um, okay. So Judy Alterman was your camera coordinator. I understand that you would uh, talk uh, about your shots and plan them with her. What was that process like? I am curious. No, nobody's talked about it. We didn't ask Tom about it. We, she was Judy was great in that you would just tell her sort of what you needed. I, I would kind of just tell her what the important parts of the, the things were. You know, I, I would kind of say, "Look, here's what's important in the scene. We need, uh, we need to see, you know, Andy, whatever." falling over in the chair in a wide shot, you know, whatever we need to. And then we'd sort of just talk about, and then she would sort of just say, okay, well, what if I put the camera here and I put this one here and I would go, that sounds great. As long as we're seeing a B and C in the, in the things. Mm -hmm. So she kind of just did the coordinating of the cameras and, you know, and she'd say, what does this look okay? Or does this?" And I would say, yeah, that's great. You know, you do it so you can see a little bit more of, the table or the, the whatever you know like mm. pull, make it a little wider or make it a little bit but you know she orchestrated all of the moving of the cameras and all that crap i didn't do any of that i mean she yeah. did all of that and, and that's really hard i mean that's not yeah i'm trying I mean, to picture how you would even think that through and i don't get it yeah you, when you're there you can mm-hmm. sort of see it and if you know if you do it enough i guess you can you're used to it like i kind of got used to it i could see i could see what they were doing but it's not easy at all. It's not an easy thing to do to orchestrate, you know, to orchestrate, you move here to here, then you move here. like that's you, all the camera guys are all on things moving. Okay. Now you move to this mark on the ground. Now, now you move to this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, again, everybody did so much, you know, stuff to make the thing work. I mean, that's, that's just a small example of like her doing that. She did that for Tom too, you know, and for everybody. Sure. And I don't know if she was. I forget if she was on it originally, but, um, you know, that's that's what they do, and uh, it's really a talent because it's hard. It's not easy doing that that crap, or just you have to because you think there are four cameras, mm-hmm. and you're constant. They're constantly having to move into different locations. So just imagine logistics of like, all right, now he has to move over there. Now you have to move over there to get that shot, and you have to, you know. Yeah, no, it's, that hurts my brain a little that's, bit. I, I, and again, that's a little bit why I, after a while it fe- I was like, I felt like a traffic cop. You know, you do mm-hmm. feel like a traffic cop where you're kind of going, all right, then you move over there and you go over there and then you go there and, okay, now, Andy, you come out, you know, um, which, you know, didn't quite interest me as much. I'm, I'm happy to do it. But I liked, I liked directing, you know, doing the comedy and helping the comedy work. Mm-hmm. And the camera stuff, you know, is very, it's pretty complicated. But uh, anyway, that's so I cannot believe how boring this is. People are if there's people like probably jumping off their roofs if they're listening to this. Well, um, listen, I mean, it's appropriate for the theme of the show. Um, this is one of the few episodes where Alan and I both have a prop from the show. Neither are screen used, but what, it's behind me. Um, this is this is one I will say um, 
we yeah we were we were both given props uh the suicide note it was jody inside it yeah okay. she did actually did a really good job and i remember there was some difficulty with that because uh again it's one of the stupid things in, in like trying to do comedy or trying to do anything mm -hmm. it wasn't it was difficult because it, it needed to be like for dave it needed to be pulled right the, the right way it needed uh -huh. to be pulled and it needed to look like it was slowly going being pulled, <laughs> and rather than you know rather than just a hand pulling it you know? and yeah so it was it's kind of a difficult thing and i remember dave working it out with her and saying um you have to you have to pull it tighter or can you do this you know whatever and it, was yeah, like, yeah. it became like a whole thing just getting the dumb copy thing to work but um but it was it ended, up, it ended up being funny and he did it he was did a great job of it oh yeah yes. it's a yeah. it's a it's a solid bit it's a real struggle on camera what's funny yeah. is this is from a period in nbc history where nbc or sony uh you know nbc has a policy now anything that airs on their network if you if you list a domain name um nbc has to buy it before it airs that is that's a, been a policy for a long time Right. Um, and I, maybe news radio is the reason for it because <laughs> like it's the reason the gentleman who owns scopenet.com kindly gave us freakzilla at scopenet.com but it's also the reason mm. that this gentleman owns freakzilla.com um, he's he listens to our show and he has advertised it on freakzilla.com I'm gonna share you my screen very quickly only because okay um, I want I want you to see so first of all this is this is what he's decided maybe that I think that's the freakzilla first of all this that's hilarious dragon with punk hair but also uh, let's go down here uh, where is it because he actually has here we go uh, this is he he's put together the how to kill yourself <laughs> instructions um with the oh co copy God, machine that's, that's hilarious so he's he's written out everything there's a tie going through the oh my God. <laughs> so good oh my god that's great and that's i think hilarious. it's been up here yeah since 2000 so he put really? it together not long after the wow. show went off there <laughs> oh my god that's hysterical yeah yeah well done wow. honestly this is this is good shit this is uh i can't believe that that's so funny i can't believe his name it. is his name is nick i feel i should point that out nick and nick I, I can't remember if we've emailed outside of this but yeah i'm i'm it makes me very happy every oh time oh my I god nick it. that nick is, that's hilarious that's brilliant that. and it just sits I, there I can't believe anybody watched the show enough to even make that. I, I still, you know, I'm, I'm amazed people still like watch the show. And I, I'm like, where does anybody even see it anymore? It's, it's on. You have to buy it or it's on yeah. crackle two seasons at a time. Whatever it's, but it's also on uh, one of the things I have on cable. Cause I see it all the time when I'm turning the channel, but uh, cause when I'm, what the hell is it? Um, like oh, antenna TV. Or something. Oh, it is on antenna TV. Oh. That's right. Yeah, right. it's on that too. But anyway, that's a different subject. But uh, okay. Just, well. <laughs> just, uh, directing this, so you're you're in the editing room, correct? For this one, mm -hmm. uh, how uh, to get it down to like where the original scripts are to uh, the the twenty two minute episode? Like how. How much of a pain in the ass is that in the editing room? Or it's, was it... it's hard. It's it was, it was actually very difficult and uh, not you know horrible in that it was painful. It's just difficult because you're a lot of times you had to lose stuff that was funny in order to get the get it down, you know, to time. Um, 
yeah, yeah, obviously the show, they can't be 40 minutes, but, um, and there was also an enormous amount of stuff that just sort of didn't work. So you just, that was easy enough to just remove and cut it out or that kind of thing. But it, it became difficult when you were trying to f- follow s- the story and things like that. If you, if, if it interrupted with the story and became difficult to understand, and sometimes you had to leave stuff in, you know, just to make the joke work or whatever, but, uh, to, to make a long story even more boring um <laughs> we i mean paul and i basically i would go in to all all the shows i would go in and cut them down and then paul would come in and then we'd, we'd continue and then cut them down even further i would sort of come go in initially and cut down the excess in them and then then he would come in and then we do the you know the rest of the fine tuning of the whole thing and we'd, we'd sort of finish so i was involved with with it from the you know top to the bottom of it in terms of the editing but mm-hmm. um uh you know it, it's it's hard because you, you you're trying to maintain a story and you're trying to make stuff that makes sense and you're trying to get the best takes of things i mean the funniest things ever were in some of the outtakes when there weren't even an outtakes because you'd have you'd have four camera screens that you're looking at, you know, like you'd have a wide shot, close shot, like a, you know, a medium shot or something else, you know, I don't know, single on someone else. Um, so, so a lot of times <laughs> when you're editing it, you're going from a wide shot to like a close up or something. You're going to, you're going to try to find something to go to because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you need to, because the shot, something happens in the shot that, It'll, the action gets screwed up and you want to get out of that shot and you want to go to something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's when you have the four screens you can look at. And, and I, it was amazing how many times we'd look at the other screens and the other the actors would just be like sitting there like this. Paul <laughs> <laughs> like, and I used to just laugh because they'd be like just just sort of sitting there waiting to do, waiting for their line. You know? <laughs> and then we'd go... Do something, <laughs> Nikki. What are you doing? <laughs> we like right when we needed a moment. It was like a lot of times they'd just be sitting there, like listening to the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, that was sure. always kind of amusing, but and di- that that made it difficult sometimes. But uh, it was just funny how how many times people would just be sitting there listening, <laughs> or just or just clearly just sort of trying to remember what their lines were. The next their next line. Was oh yeah. So you couldn't use that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it did become a bit of a trying to manipulate stuff, manipulate things to, uh, you know, to work. But it was it was not easy. And we it, it, most of the time it would end up we'd, we'd be there all night long doing those, too. It was crazy. Mm. Was uh, it digital editing? Sorry, this is the boring shit. I'm, I'm yeah. interested. Well, it was digital, I guess, for whatever the hell digital back then was. It was, mm-hmm. you know, three quarter inch tape. And then it was, you know, on a computer and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh so you had the ability to do stuff but it's still the computers were slow sure and we were constantly waiting for like oh the, the computer has to reboot and oh, that's when like paul and i would go out and like you know, drive to like you know mexico and then come back but, i don't know <laughs> if the computer <laughs> suddenly crashed which it did like on a nightly basis then mm-hmm. tony Heyman would go oh the computer's taking a coffee break and we'd be like oh my god and then we'd <laughs> We kind of just leave and go do something and then come back and so that was also just like a big pain in the ass too you know that the, the computers weren't as good as they are today let's put it that way sure. by any means <laughs> anyway 
Did you get to rewatch this at all, Joe? Or because I want to ask you your favorite moment is out of your own episode. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I, I probably it. I, should have said, "Hey, rewatch it, Joe." I know. I, I probably should have rewatched. It would have helped. What it's it about again? Tell me again. <laughs> um, seriously, I mean that's what that's what happened on the show when we did the shows too. It was like mm-hmm. this like conversation I'm having with you right now is literally a conversation <laughs> I would have on a, any given week. Someone would come in and go, "Did you get a chance to look at Houses of the Holy yet?" And I'd go. What is Houses of the Holy? I don't know what that is. Which one is that? That's why after a while, I said, "Stop! Let's stop naming them these stupid names we think are funny." Because just call it Bill gets a shoe, he gets a new pair of shoes, or whatever. Like Bill gets a shoe. <laughs> Bill gets new shoes, or whatever the hell the dumb things about. Because we, you know, it was funny and amusing to call it like Houses of the Holy, but it was like we had like ten episodes named these things that I don't know what they were. And then the, people would seriously come in and say that, say like to me, go like, like Spider would always come in and go, hey, did you get the copy of uh, Houses of the Holy? Did you get a look, chance to look at it? And I'm like, which one is Houses of the Holy again? I don't know. It was literally like that stupid. Which were, one is it? It's like the, the one with the chair, Bill with the chair. Oh, okay. So like, I don't know. After a while, they just blend together. I forgot which is which. But. I will tell you, there are people on the news radio weekly Zoom who, and I apologize, folks, I haven't participated as much as I would like to, um, who know know all those names all i cannot memorize them i've tried no. I the can't titles the actual yes titles. they know what those actually apply to well, a huge amount of them are just like uh you know just led zeppelin albums led zeppelin yeah. albums yeah which became just a running joke but mm-hmm. um and the most funny, annoying running joke on the planet yeah, funny funny <laughs> to almost nobody at this point but uh not even, yeah, I, I don't know. None, we don't even find it funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think I actually remember when I first got the DVDs. I'm like, which episode to watch? Wait, what? What? What, what is this? this <laughs> it's the same but then, then you realize later, it was it was really making fun of. It was why that came about too mm-hmm. was of course more more meta, you know, nonsense of, of us was we couldn't get enough of the fact that. I think friends used to call each episode the one where so and so gets mm-hmm. loses her virginity or whatever they <laughs> was about. I, you know, we just thought that was so funny that how they called it that. Uh-huh. So somehow we we cleverly thought this was we were being really clever coming up with stupid names for mm-hmm. the shows that had nothing to do with the show. And of course, <laughs> a few years later, David Cross did that with a comedy album. And again, it's the same exact like the, the names of the track titles have nothing to do with what he's talking right. about, in, including what if baseballs had AIDS on them is the name of one of the, t- the tracks. <laughs> right. I mean, talk about. Yeah. That. I mean, it, it's that level. That's it's from that era of comedy, I guess, uh-huh. that people I, find that funny. But uh-huh. it's not really I, that funny. <laughs> I'm just I'm just impressed you guys didn't uh, quote uh, Goober in a nutshell chapters for these episodes. I know oh, we like... we may very well have <laughs> one of them might have been a title that was like named after a Goober thing. But well, I, I can't we'll find remember. out after I get the book. <laughs> Josh always Josh always remembers those like stupid titles better than I do. I never remember them. Um, but. He, could, he sometimes goes, oh, yeah, the one with Goober with whatever. You know, I, I couldn't tell you what the hell the name of it was. But uh, <laughs> anyway. There's a moment at the very end of this episode where there's obviously the reveal that Dave is um, delivering a eulogy for this man no one remembered or cared for to a bunch of KKK members. And uh, I don't know if I, I could be wrong, but Dave really seems like he's channeling David Steinberg for a moment. Like, Oh, 
when he's reading the uh, yeah there's some there's right? some some facial expressions that seem very much like David Steinberg giving a, a one of his sermons on the Smith oh, brothers that's funny could yeah. it could be I mean he you know he was inspired by a lot of he is inspired by a lot of other comics obviously but um, when you were but you were asking what is my favorite yes in it that is actually my favorite moment in it I just from the the reveal of the of the the clan thing at the end was my favorite <laughs> in, in terms of you know, directing i just thought like that was something i was very specific about i said I, it should we should start on dave and move back very very slowly you know, mm -hmm. very, just very very slowly and just to reveal it very very slowly as opposed to showing dave and then cutting to a wide shot yeah yeah to me, yeah, to me yeah. it wasn't it wouldn't be as funny you know it, it, the funny thing was just a really slow reveal of it and it ended up working well so that that was one thing i one directorial thing i did do that I, I i liked i also liked the part um which was very specifically set up was the uh dave getting caught in the mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. it was 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 good in that um I just, it was set up so that he it was doing happening with them in the foreground which is a kind of a yeah. classic sort of comedy mm-hmm you know, I love Lucy staple, but that's what it needed to be. It needed to be exactly like that, where it was just, you could see him, but just enough of them to see them, you know, not seeing any of it, of course, you know, which is completely ridiculous, but. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very well-acted bit too. Yeah. And he, and he's so good in it. I mean, he's Dave's, yes. no, Dave's Dave, I, in a lot of ways made the entire show. I mean, totally just made the show because he was so. Yeah, and again, Phil gets a lot of credit because Phil is so funny and everything. But again, Dave was a little bit of, of the straight man at times too. Sure, you know, yeah. Where, where and he, but he was one who really made the show work. I think, in my opinion, I mean, he was just so good and so believable. But <laughs> he actually, he actually has one of my favorite lines in this episode, which is just when his, you know, at the, the aftermath of his sleeve being gone. And yes, the, why is the, the sleeve the gone? That is something <laughs> we I, I love, discuss. His arm's unscathed. It's a very protective <laughs> But uh, yeah. I just love the line of uh, when they say, Joe, we never thought you killed him. And then Dave, like, oh, I was starting to think he did. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, that's right. Yes. That might have just come on the, we might have just come up with that on the set. I don't even remember. Yeah, I've had that. Does the sleeve get ripped off? I don't even. Yeah, it's, it's like Somehow. completely gone. It's like no. tattered, right? Because it's it's right out of it. If you, it's literally right out of a. I mean, it's from a Danny Kay movie, is what it's from. Have you ever seen? Is a movie a Danny Kay movie where he his tie gets caught in a in in a uh, high like this high functioning computer thing. That's and, hilarious. No, I haven't seen it. I forget what the name of the movie is. It's. Uh, you can look it up. It's probably online. Just look up Danny Kay gets his tie caught in a computer or something. But um, it's literally like that. I mean, it's just, it's, and it needed to be exactly like that. And so, it, you know, of course, he had to get his arms stuck in it and the, the coat. And, you know, it's, it's pure like Peter Sellers or pure. Mm -hmm. you know. And Dave, Dave loved doing that stuff. He loved all that kind of getting a chance to do that kind of stuff. So he was really, he would get particularly, you know, excited about like trying to make it work right and that's what when i was saying he was trying to work out the tie because he really wanted it to like work correctly which was yeah. great mm -hmm. um i don't 
the rest of the cast was terrible. Sure, sure, sure. We got it. <laughs> understand. They're all horrible to work with. We'll send that yeah. along for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are we taping this? Uh, no, 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 no. We don't do anything. This is just for us, Joe. Yeah, no, no, don't. No, and they, I mean, they were all, everybody's great. I mean, there wasn't really, Vicky was great. They were all really fun. I have footage of it, of someone, I have footage of the taping of the show. I should give it to you. Oh, yes. That would be amazing. Of the taping of it. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah, I can, I don't know. I can try and, I can find it and try and send it to you. Please, please tell me those tapes are in a box labeled Led Zeppelin box set. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> What the they hell are. Is this box? No, they're they're in, they're in a box, and every tape says Led Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin. Led Ze they all just say Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, Houses of the Holy, and that's literally what they do say on them. Like one of you know Houses of the Holy. So they all just have those titles on them, written on the tapes. Holy shit, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, Joe, uh, I want to thank you for talking yeah, to us about your you so directorial much. effort on the show. Oh sure. Um, I, I want to ask you a couple side questions, though. They have nothing to do with this episode. Okay. Because you may not be able to help. I'm going to share my screen again. Okay. Um, we, oh, this extra? Yeah. This is extra? Who the fuck is this guy? Do you know what his name was? We have been trying for... <laughs> oh we know God. he was going to get written in. No one has any answers. I have asked everybody who would know. Michael Reisner doesn't know. Uh, I, know who he, I know who he is. He was an extra that we... Was on the show, like, the first season of... Right. Looking at their alphas, that looks like it's like the first season. It's right? first is that the smoking second. one? Or it one? is. Oh, oh no, yeah, it's the you one know, with it's the Bill's desk. His desk. Bill's yeah. desk yeah, yeah, yeah. being dirty. I can't believe I recognized that, but because uh, <laughs> I can tell by what Phil, how Phil's reaction. He's looking. Mm -hmm. at it was about him. Being, what this man's name is though? I don't know what his name is. Nobody knows. I don't know what his name is. Why are you trying to contact him for this? Yes, to be because on? I will tell you, oh. there's a weird obsession a with all of, of us. All of the news radio nerds want to know. We know that he was going to be called Animal if he was written into this show, according to the commentary. He's also called Beardy on Twitter now, he, so we call him Animal and Beardy. It's just because he had such a distinct look, a and, distinct and look you could and presence. Just see him right away once he was on screen. Sometimes. Oh yeah, he was in all of those. Yeah. First, first episodes. I don't know if he was in any other ones after that. Though. I don't, know I don't if he was think in any so. Other I think season. he either dropped off or he shaved the beard. That's the other. Maybe trait. he could have. He could have done that. But uh, I mean, I recognize most of the extras, and I reckon I know him too because we used to always go. You know, there's the guy with there's what's his name. But I, I just forget. <laughs> See, that's the problem. There's what's his name. There's what's beard. his name. I think we used to call him yeah beard guy. What did you say people said call him uh, animal? animal that if he got written into the show his name would have been animal i feel like josh lieb is the person who said that in a commentary right. once and so i treat that as canon right josh may have uh <laughs> may have tried to get him mm -hmm. written into the show or something like that I, maybe josh said like let's let's make him a character or something but i i don't Dang i don't remember that I don't give, we, I don't, we didn't end up doing it and uh i know i'm i am seriously I, considering contacting central casting or whoever you use <laughs> And ask them what it would take to get the records. Who I've got to contact at Sony to get somebody. The somebody records. has to have. Somebody has somebody to have that. Must. Somebody I mean, must gotta have be. a roster somewhere. That's a really good question because I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know most of the extras in it. I know. Mm -hmm. I know most of the, most of their names and everything. It was mostly because I would talk to them, but that guy sure. didn't really talk to you that much. Okay. And I don't know. I just remember he was in a lot of the first episode, and a lot of times yeah. we were going, oh. Well, there's what's his name again we got mm -hmm. whatever you know. 
Although I will if he, say, if he's if he's in witness protection, we might have just outed. Yeah, we might have just outed the poor guy. Um, well, in in the that's right, <laughs> we, we may have. But in the first in the first episodes of the show, as I recall, there was an attempt to make it look like other people sort of were involved. Oh yeah, in the in the show, like there were other people who worked there, and like so, what, occasionally we'd have people come over and stand by the table and things like that. And then like after like three episodes, it was like, we don't need everybody. Who the hell cares about everybody else? Oh, yeah. they weren't, we're trying to make it look like it was like a big office full of people, but it was pointless because none of them did. We didn't see them do anything. So of course. No, that's fair. Well, Although, they were what? back for the copier episode because you needed to remember the other people work there. Yeah, I mean, it was perfect. Yeah. Like in terms of that, this is a good episode to talk about extras because this this is sort of the realization of the idea that of the the extras as a character gag that you guys didn't quite realize before this. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, we will. In fact, he would have been a good guy to be the guy who killed himself. Did we ever see the guy who killed we himself? We don't. As far as we know, he is Ted from accounting. We don't I mean, know. he could have been. I mean, that could have been funny. I, for, I forget. I, we don't see Ted ever in the episode. No, we never we, we never see Ted. I, I, very quickly, this is just because um, this is just to show you what an idiot nerd I am. Uh, here he is as a Lego because I made the, the, the <laughs> WNYX in Lego, and so I did make him. Oh my God, that's hysterical! <clears throat> so, did you show that? To, did you show that to Josh? I have not. I actually should. I posted. Send it, me. But... Wait a minute. Send, can you send me? Just send me that thing. I, I will absolutely send that. To I got to tell Josh. Josh will laugh his head off at that. There's oh a little bit God. of food on 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 Bill's desk. There's a computer bag. There's a full set. Yeah, this and is, I, uh... the reason he was picked for that, of course, mm -hmm. is because he just looked. Because he just oh, looked. Yeah. Like he was homeless almost or something. Well, you know? yeah, he absolutely. So that's what just made it funny. It was like, well, you know, obviously. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I wish there was somebody who could t say Reisner might. Reisner saved. He doesn't know. He. I asked him. He doesn't remember off the top of his but head. But he. Anyway. But he saved. I think he had a whole bunch of the scripts. And I have some scripts too. But he saved a bunch of that crap. He might have. There might be his name <laughs> might be on there somewhere. Yeah. You know who might know? Surprisingly, hmm. Andy Dick might know because Andy really? was always. Yeah, Andy kind of knew. Well, though, he probably wouldn't remember his name, but he probably right. Did. But Andy was a, a kind of familiar with, with the extras and stuff. And was okay. Talking. To I think them. I have heard that before. Yeah. Andy um, was, you know, always joking around with them or whatever. But Andy never knew anybody's name either. So. <laughs> I apologize for not remembering. Were you there at all for season five? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. But, uh, not really. Um. Paul and I, Paul was doing a show, another pilot. Mm -hmm. I was working on that. Oh, you were working on that. Okay. That I was working on that and we were in a, like different offices and we, we had, yeah, I was not really involved. I was sort of involved in that. Sure. I would come in and come in to listen to table reads and things like that, but I wasn't mm -hmm. really that involved in it. Um, because at a certain point, Paul just said, I, you know, I, do you want to work on the show with me? I don't want to. And um, and uh, and I said, well, what about news radio? And he kind of said, well, I mean, whatever. It's fine. It, yeah. It, it doesn't. It's not. Yeah. Who cares? Sort of. <laughs> he kind of yeah, said, like, fair. who cares? Because he just wanted to try and do something else. And um, so I was like, sure. And then, and then he and I were doing that. And then Brian Kelly was doing that too. So Brian Kelly wasn't really. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was the three, it was really the three of us working on that pilot. And we did that most of the year. And wow. like we'd come, you know, we'd listen to stuff or we'd listen to ideas and, and, and give suggestions and things like that. But we, hmm. those guys kind of just, you know, were left to their, they did it themselves. 
basically. I just remember a few times we'd be sitting in a, in a meeting, and this always cracked me up. Josh or somebody, I think it was Josh or somebody would come in at, with this, with like story ideas and say, um, and he kept trying to push this one story idea of all of the characters superheroes. I love the idea. Hmm. He kept saying he wanted to do this thing of all the cast as superheroes. And and the minute he came in and he'd walk over and he'd go, so the superhero thing, and Paul would go, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. And Josh would go, well, just hear me out. Just hear me out. And he'd go, no, we're not doing the superheroes. Forget <laughs> it. This conversation went on about 10 times during that period. And it just became a running joke where he'd come in and go, so in the superhero episode, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not doing that. No, that's not happening. <laughs> I I had Thank to you. ask about season five because there's something that Alan and I we made a fun discovery. So I have a bunch of the wardrobe binders. I don't own them. <clears throat> They're being lent to me. <clears throat> I'm dying. Sorry. <clears throat> and um, one of those uh, binders is for uh, the fu- the finale of the whole show, mm-hmm. but the last three pages of the script are entitled 601 and they are the three pages that would have opened season six if and they shot it right we shot it we went to the we did we went up to what the griffith park or something and shot something at griffith mm-hmm. park i have pictures of it i can send you pictures i would them. love to see oh, those yeah. <laughs> i don't remember what the hell it was but we filmed shot something it was the beginning of Jimmy, Jimmy being in New Hampshire, kind of thing. Maybe, yeah, it might have been I mean, him in New Hampshire, like sitting in the middle of a, co- a field or something with a cow or, or something like that. I, but I don't. Was that in the? Ep- I think that part of like a shot of that is in the finale. If I'm and not, then maybe it might mistaken. have been. Then that might have been, and maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe that was in the show. Then. Um, well, I, I can tell you. Then I don't think we shot anything actually technically for the next season. Well, uh, here, here's here's all I have, and this is again, this is from the finale. There are three pages that were written, and I, I have the shot, the photos, uh, all the extras were written into it. And so it furthers this gag of ex- the extra as a character in the show. And we interviewed one of the guys who played. So they did shoot it. They shot this three-page scene, um, okay. and it's it's kind of crazy to me. And I, that's why I, I wanted to know if you knew anything about it. I may have to ask. Actually, I can't remember who wrote the finale. Now, I think Paul might have technically been credited, but who was yeah. show running? Was it Sam and Chris at that point? Am I misremembering? Uh, it was Josh. It was and, Josh. And Josh right. and Sam and Chris. Josh and Sam yeah. and Chris. Okay, that makes sense. Because Paul had asked me, do you want to do it? Do you want yeah. to do it? I, I said, I, not particularly. I don't know if I want to do it, and I don't want to. Um... And then he's, you know, and then he said, I think he said, do you want to do it with Josh or do you want to do it? And I kind of just said, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. And then he said, good. Cause I just, I'd rather have you work on this thing. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. so I was, uh, and I, I don't know. There were certain things in the fifth season. I didn't agree with also. I, mm-hmm. I thought were, um, and again, I'm not, I'm not, I, I didn't, I didn't like the idea of Lisa and Dave being broken up. I thought that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we broke them up in the, in the earlier seasons but it was always that thing of like them being a couple and i think them being a couple was sort of the strength of the show and i think when you took that out of it it it, it sort of was a little bit wobbly to even me. if they weren't a romantic couple they were still kind of like coupled on in in the office right sort yeah of, yeah and, and it was just like that established thing of to me it was just that established thing i think that and that was like i think i think nbc sort of really pushed on it and i think at the end mm. 
I remember Paul, I think, didn't even care, was kind of just like, ah, who care? I don't give a shit. Let them do it. Yeah. Well, let NBC do what they want at this point. I don't care. But I just remember I kept thinking, I think you're ruining a good dynamic in the show of mm -hmm. having those. Because the show was always the fun part of the thing to me was always them. Not even so much their romantic relationship was just them sort of being the mother and father of the group. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm -hmm. And I think it sort of broke that up a little bit. It was almost like the parents got a divorce. You know, it's like kids. I mean, it wasn't. I don't, it just wasn't the same thing for me. Obviously, it wasn't the same thing because of Phil either. Sure. But, um, right. but that more than anything was uh, always sort of bothered me. And then having her getting married to what's his name, I didn't think was a great idea either. But it's a um, weird dynamic. It, maybe you guys mm -hmm. like all that, which is fine. I'm not knocking I mean, it. I just didn't... I I like it because I want to like the show, but it's obviously not. It's it's a very different show come season five. Yeah, it's, I mean like, it is you know, unavoidable, and that's, and that's fine, and that's unavoidable. And again, it's just I remember there were specific things I just thought I remember being, and then at a certain point I was like, I'm, I'm I, you know what I'm not going to get involved because I don't I don't want to because uh, I I didn't think it was a great idea to have. I I also just thought we're bringing Putty in just to have Putty on the show. And sure, I thought, absolutely. Well, the show doesn't need Putty. I mean. You know. <laughs> And nothing wrong with him. He's a good actor. He's funny. He's a funny guy and everything. And I just thought, I, I, I that element, breaking them up and then her like with him. I did. I didn't. I, I didn't sort of agree with a lot of that. I kind of thought I didn't. I think it would have been better without that. But whatever. As Paul kept saying, who gives a shit? <laughs> I will say there. There is a book. Oh fuck! What is it called? Is it called The Showrunners? That's written about that that period. God, is that what it's called? I don't want to get it wrong. The showrunners. The showrunners. Is that the one by what's it? I have it. I think. Yeah, and it's you're. If I'm not mistaken, you must be in it. Um, oh, fuck. David Wilde wrote it. Uh, 1999. David Wilde. Yes, yes. He came in. He came in at that point. Yes. Yeah. He was writing a book. Yeah. And he what was following like all these different all these different pilots as they tried to get going including mm -hmm. and obviously there's there's way more backstory to the news radio one i think than any of the other ones and i don't know it's just inter it's an interesting look behind the scenes of news radio that that nobody else was doing at the time and it's at least worth reading especially if you want to read about paul sims taco taco bell habit <laughs> um which is oh, right. I heavily know. Well, detailed in it i was involved in all of that constantly. sure we were always were you his pusher his taco bell pusher <laughs> yeah you were just <laughs> I was the pusher, yeah. No, he was the pusher. He would always go, you know, no, let's go to Taco Bell. I want to go to Taco Bell. You know, he loved Taco Bell. And loved he kindly told me what his, his go-to meal was on Twitter once, and I don't know why he did that, because I feel like that just then enabled what was it? Me. What was it? I'd have to look it up, um, but it was it was very specific. Let me see if I can find out what, uh, let's see, Paul Sims, because he did it in public, so, you know, Taco Bell. Paul Sims, Taco Bell, and then I'll look up my own. Well, name. he used to get those burritos. I know that. Those mm -hmm. uh, bean burrito or something like that. He used to he loved those from Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. um, why is why, it showing up? Why this I recall that, I don't know. I, <laughs> and we used to, what else did we used to get? There was another chicken thing that we used to get. Who cares? By it? <laughs> but uh, we used to. This get, is important, Joe. Yeah, this is important <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Wow, talk about editing. Cut, you can cut all that out. No, I'm not cutting anything. I what was it? It was a chicken, some Popeye's chicken. We used to, Paul used to love Popeye's chicken, too. I'm like, it wasn't even particularly good chicken. I used to think, like, what the hell are we getting Pop? Why don't we get something better than that? But um, he always liked Popeye's chicken. I don't really know why. I think it was Popeye's, or I don't know. Or maybe it was, what's his name? Who's the other one, that other guy with a chicken thing? 
the singer. What the hell is the singer? That guy. Um, he used to have a uh, Kenny Loggins or whatever. It was like something like Kenny Loggins fried chicken or oh, something. Yeah. What, what was it? Not Kenny Loggins. Um, I would love Kenny Loggins fried chicken. Well, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't Kenny Rogers. It was Kenny, Kenny Rogers, Rogers fried, fried chicken. chicken. Kenny, Ken, same thing. Highway to Kenny the chicken Rogers. zone, everybody. Kenny Rogers fried chicken was another thing that Paul always like said, let's get Kenny. And like, I don't know. He thought it was amusing that it was bad or something. I don't, I don't Here we know. go. Bean and cheese burrito, crunchy taco supreme, large Sierra mist with extra ice. That's exactly what it, that's. I, I remember that because it was the same thing all the time. But what did I say? A bean? You said a bean burrito, bean, yeah. yeah burrito. Absolutely. So yeah. I was, I was right. Good. I was right with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! This is the kind of minutia we get into, Joe. Yes, this, this is the so important. Sorry. This is the really important stuff. No, it I, is. Um, but wait, sure. is that is that book? I I never even read that book. Is that book uh, interesting? I, I only it? read the news radio chapter. Uh, what does it I talk about about news radio? Give I don't a even fuck about the other stuff. It was just about the struggle <laughs> of it. Like I like the other shit I didn't care about, but the news radio stuff was fascinating. I need to actually buy it. It talks about, the, it it talks about the, be- <clears throat> the beginning of news radio or the no, end of it? No, the, end, there of, the, the end, end of news radio, but the beginning yeah. of overseas. Is it overseas? Is that the oh, name Oh, overseas. Of right. Yeah. That's Yes. Okay. So I, I was thinking because I know he was there for yeah. a lot of that. He was always kind of... In fact, <laughs> when I was telling that story about... That story about the superhero thing, he was there for that. He was sitting there when Josh, for like the fifth time, came in and said, what about the superhero? What about the superhero thing? And Paul went, we're not doing the superhero episode. And I think he was there, as a matter of fact. But um, I just remember him being there a lot, just sitting there in the office writing notes. And I kept saying... What are you? What are, what are you writing? Yeah. <laughs> is any of this of any value? <laughs> kind of like this. I kept going. Yeah. Is any of this <laughs> value to anybody? Who, does anyone care about any of this? Because <laughs> I know we don't. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> It's fa- it is fascinating, honestly, and it goes through all of the shit that you guys went through to make it, and then have it shit on by NBC. It's just yeah. like the whole story is interesting. I still have oh not God. seen the pilot. Several people have offered to send it to me. I'd be happy to watch it and not spread it around, but I would love to see it. It it sounds interesting. It's at the very least interesting, and I don't it know. It was it was interesting. It was interesting. It was an interesting in that it didn't really quite it didn't really quite work, mm-hmm. and I don't think we ever kind of. I figured out what the the issue was, but I think it was um, it just it just didn't really quite gel somehow. And I feel like it was a couple years too early and would have worked as a single cam. I, I it, it, see based that's on what that I was understand about a bit. It. That was a huge part of the problem. Was we were basically trying to do Gilligan's Island in, on an indoor set. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that was the basic problem, and it just everything kind of just looked artificial. It didn't really look that real, and we were that was really kind of the issue and it didn't it kind of didn't work yeah and we had a huge amount of problems casting it too with trying to and we ended up with joe rogan who was good but i think it was uh i don't i think that maybe hurt it a little bit too maybe the network didn't care so much because they thought who's going to watch a show with just joe rogan in it or something i I don't know who knows and then a year later fear factor premieres and then they right no i know which is ridiculous because joe was good in it too and joe Uh was funny it's just the the show didn't quite i I think we never kind of figured out the problems the problems with it so like you're saying it totally could have been a better it would have been a good show if it were single camera exactly and you filmed it outside and didn't do it on a fake looking set right right (laughs) There's that some was, charm to that, but I but I get it. Yeah, it, it was, no, the, and the idea was fun too. But everyone just kept saying, 
oh, you're doing Gilligan's Island? You know, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, of course. well, no, but in the sense, I guess it was sort of Gilligan's Island, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. And nothing, there's nothing wrong with Gilligan's Island. I like Gilligan's Island. Oh, actually. man, that means if you'd have gotten Bob Denver as a cameo, if that show yeah. had gone, that means oh, Bob Denver yeah, well, if, and Joe Rogan it, would have squared off at some point. Oh, my God. We, we would have, if that show went, we would, that would have absolutely happened at some mm-hmm. point. Bob Denver would have walked out of a <laughs> hut or something or something stupid. Some stupid joke like that, I'm sure, like Boomer. Uh, of, like course. Boomer <laughs> of course. You couldn't have them on the set together, though. No, they'd Bob fight. They'd just, be, yeah, they'd just yeah. be, yeah. 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 <laughs> Joe Rogan probably would have. Joe would probably would have. They probably would have been fine though. Joe maybe. Would. I don't know if Bob Denver fought with other people. I think he just fought with Goober. Just Goober. Just. Goober. I don't know if he was. He wasn't like a. I don't think he was a particularly violent guy from what I've read about. <laughs> I think he just. He and Goober got into. And he, you know what the fight was about? Oh no! I think mm-hmm. the fight, I, as I'm recalling it, you have to just go online and buy Goober. Oh, I'm going to do it right. This now. is the lesson you've learned from this entire thing. Is there <laughs> any lesson to be taken from this? Get uh-huh. Goober in a nutshell. Uh-huh. I think the reason they got into a fight and I'd have to, I'll ask Paul again because he'll remember. He always remembers these insane things too. I think the reason was Yes, he remembers insane insane stuff too. Uh was the reason was um they got into a fight over who was a bigger who was who was more well known. As a, character, as a character, Goober or Gilligan. Oh, oh, oh. I think that's what the fight was about. And then it, it, it wasn't about a... Maynard G. Krebs. Please... <laughs> no, no, please, it was not. Please tell me the fight though was like, no, you're more well known. No, you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, sadly, it was not. It was. Oh. <laughs> and that would have actually been amusing, but no, uh, they actually had a real fight, and wow. it's in the book. Goober that's writes very the book. sad. They got into like uh, I think they were drunk first of all. I think they uh-huh. were drunk, and I think Bob Denver used to get stoned all the time. So oh, of I think, course like, he did. Yeah. And so they were probably drunk and stoned, and then they got into this dumb argument. And I don't even know if it was a real fight, but it right. was just the way he describes it. Is and then once again, and then Bob Denver punched him in the face and knocked him on the ground or something like that. And kicked me in my giant balls. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! That's a fact. That's that is a that is a piece of information I did not. I could have lived the rest of my life without. Yeah. Thank you. And it's Maybe unfortunately it probably been... the kind that is not going to leave your brain. It's never going to leave. <laughs> no, I'm, so happy I'm never going. To, I'm never going to forget that. <clears throat> Joe, what uh, what would you like to promote this week? Tell the people where they can find you. What's coming up? I know you don't tweet or anything, but tell people. Uh, I don't know. I have nothing to tweet. I have a I the same thing I tweeted. I told you last time. I have a movie that's on uh, Amazon. Uh, Amazon, a movie I made a while ago, but mm-hmm. that's that you the, also directed. I did. Yes, that's right. Yes. Speaking of directing, yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's and the thing hilarious, about the By the way, I feel like I should point that yes. out. It is a good movie. It's a very funny movie. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. You saw it? I can't believe it. You, yeah, you yes. you sent it to me, and then like an oh. idiot, I lost the information and didn't want to ask you again for it. And then I found it. Like, thank Christ. So finally, I can actually oh. finally watch it and say something about it. it felt like a dipshit. Oh, well, that's very nice. It's very nice. Thank you. I'm it's, very it's great. Uh, well, that's so I'm Jason. Very... Send me the link or Joe send me the link either way on that email chain. I'll send it to you. I can send it to Jason and then I'll send you the link so you can watch it. And then I don't, you can watch it if you want or. or, No, I do want to watch it. Commit suicide to it. Whatever you (laughs) do. I could do it during, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) like Ted, like Ted and the, uh, you know, that could, this movie led me to kill myself. That's what the letter would say. Um, But that's on Amazon Prime, you know, Amazon Prime. And it's also on Netflix. It's on. Oh, 
Is it? In Netflix. Yeah, the D- you can get a DVD at Netflix, I think. Netflix still has a DVD. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if anybody still gets DVD. It's called Love and Support. We should point that out. That is the name of it. <laughs> that is the name of it, and I almost forgot the name. <laughs> I was going to say it's called Houses of the Holy. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's what I was yes. originally going to name it. Um, Colin Goober in a nutshell. Goober in a nutshell. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, uh, I worked on, uh, with Paul, I worked on uh, What We Do in the Shadows, too. I don't know if you guys have watched that. Yeah, and I have to say, I I honestly think it's the funniest show on TV right now. Oh, well, that's nice. That's, you know, more a credit to him and the the other people. But uh, it was fun to work on it. It's it's a great show. I don't know why three podcasters haven't been murdered on the show yet. Like, why three right? funny, interesting, inquisitive podcasters yeah. haven't appeared on the show? I mean, Paul. I mean, and been murdered. And it's just because we did an episode this season about the vampires thinking they were. They got one of those. They got one of those texts saying, "You know, you you're we have a curse. We're putting oh, yeah. a curse on you it's and all." Such a good and they, time. yeah, and like that's what that came from. Is the idea that somehow they it came up? Know, someone, yeah. Someone said, like, what would they do with, like, a, did they know how to, we were in the room talking and someone said something like, would they know anything about the computer or anything? Like, and, then, and we were discussing it and then somehow, like, it would be funny if, and then someone said, like, it'd be funny if they got one of those things. That's literally how that thing That's came hilarious. up. That's hilarious. Like, discussing like this, like the way we're discussing That's this. Sort so of. fucking funny. Because it was just always asking questions of, like, well, what what can they do and can they not do? Yeah, <laughs> right. We have a, an actual defined list of this. And mm-hmm. It's really also cut, it really kind of it, isn't. It's so. one of those shows too that, uh, just from a technical standpoint, the effects are way too good for oh, how so that. It just yeah. for a comedy show, you never see effects it's that good great. on a comedy show. Yeah. And they're no, perfect. I know, and it's it's it is the, the effects are really well done. So it's. That's the kind of the thing I was worried about originally when, mm-hmm. about it. when I heard about it. I originally thought, I don't know, can you do stuff that actually looks decent? And then right. it looks great. I think it's, they do a great Brilliant. job with it. So I, 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 take, love... I take no credit for any of that. But I, I was involved and it was fun to be involved. So um, anyway, you love what? I'm sorry. Oh, I... uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, they're not here to listen to me talk all the time. No, um... no, I, I, hear, <laughs> I, I hear what you said. Uh, but... I really love that there's genuinely like creepy horror moments in the show, but also just ridiculous nonsense happening like immediately mm-hmm. after. That's before. what that's what's kind of fun is that yeah. yeah that's what I think makes the show work is that yeah. it, it's actually a good combination of oh yeah of sort of scary and funny you know yeah. it actually the, the scary stuff is sort of genuinely creepy and which is great which is which makes all of those kind of things like you know. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Whether I don't know if you've seen that, but that works for that same works great for that same reason. Mm-hmm. That, to me, it's like that's this is sort of exactly like that. It works beautifully because the monsters are serious. And the comedy is the comedy. It allows it, you know, to do what they were doing. But they're not, you know, you don't have like Frankenstein turning to the camera and making jokes and stuff. <laughs> right. Which a lot right. of movies, spoofs of those things get wrong. I think. Oh yeah. That, Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. makes it terrible it's just like i don't want to see dracula going oh it sucked you you know a joke about you know mm-hmm. i sucked your blood you know shut up <laughs> i just want to see dracula be dracula you know i don't want to see... <laughs> and i want to see abbott and costello be abbott and costello and that's kind of what this show does incorporates really well into oh, yeah. it i think is great so in in answering that question but uh 
Which and I'll just good. I'll just point out that Mark Brooks is one of the funniest people on the planet, and it's annoying how good he is on that show. Yeah, those, those Jesus. guys are all they're all really funny. They're they're all hysterical. But anyway, Jen, what do you want to promote? Do you want to promote anything? Um, being safe out in the world and respectful of each other. That's good. <laughs> Come That's on. good. That's good promotion. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> In this world we live in, oh, stop. Somebody <laughs> could try a little. I don't know. Yeah, no, no kidding. I, I think, yeah, it would be a nice. It would be nice if people tried. Mm-hmm. That would be. Wow. I'm. You know. Alan, what would you like to promote this week, sir? You can uh, find me online at uh, on TikTok at Alan Rickard A L L E N R U E C K E R T. Save on Instagram at Alan Rickard A L L E N. Why, well, how do I spell it? R-U-E-C-K-E-R-T. This is probably why people are not finding me as much. Uh, <laughs> say it very I, say it very clearly. Say, it, say, say all the letters very clearly. Go ahead. Go. A-L-L-E-N-R-U-E-C-K-E-R-T. Same on Twitter. There you go. Same on Twitter. And go back on Netflix and see me in Dolomite is my name. Yes. See, this is my directing thing. I'm telling you how to say it. Clearly, so that people can hear it. Wait, Dolomite? You were in Dolomite is my name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Yes. What were you in Dolomite is my name? I saw it. I love that movie. I thought that was great. I was uh, Bob Odenkirk's number uh, one executive that uh, gets intimidated by him. And, oh, wow. How cool. Yeah. Right? It's so oh, wow. How great. Oh, that's so great. I didn't Alan. know that. I'm always oh, proud of Alan, but I was like, Come oh, that's on, great. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't know that. That was a funny that movie was funny. Oh, it's so fucking good. It's yes. it's like the best thing Eddie Murphy's done in a long time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it was brilliant. It's it's it, I think it's officially well, a comeback. There you go. Oh Jesus. There's Alan. <laughs> oh wait, Alan. oh that's him? Like, let me see it. Let's go back. Well, that's so cool. It's in a few shots. Yeah, I yeah. was lucky when I also uh Oh my uh, god, that's hysterical. <laughs> Alan's first lines in a major motion picture to Eddie Murphy. Come on, man. I'm very proud of you. What are you what oh, I my doing? God. That's so cool. I love Isn't that it. Great? I gave Eddie uh, a bunch of notes. Uh, <laughs> he was happy to take. No. <laughs> yeah. Was, 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 Eddie like even, was Eddie even there in this, when you were It's so funny. It's so, well, he was there un, un, until they finally did my coverage. But yes. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I meant. Like, when they did your coverage and then everyone left. Like, yeah. That's generally how. Uh, the, the director left for my coverage, too. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> that's generally how those things work. It's not even just Eddie Murphy, because my, my brother's mm-hmm. an actor. And he did it. He did. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this having just done that. Yeah, My brother worked on the TV show Canon. Do anybody know the show Canon with um, that, that William Conrad, that big sort of heavy guy? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was a detective or something. I don't know, it was like one of those stupid cop shows in the seventies. Anyway, and he was a detective. And I think he did like seventeen shows where he was a detective. <laughs> this was one of them, wow. Canon. And so my brother was in it. And he had a part like, you know, you had it. He had this part where he's in Cannon's office mm-hmm. having a discussion with him and having like, he was like his lawyer or something like that. So they do the scene, you know, he says they do the scene on a wide shot. And then when it was time for his coverage, Cannon, William Conrad left and they put in a stand that had like a, that had a tennis ball on top of it. And he did, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did his part of this. <laughs> <laughs> the close-up stuff to a tennis ball. Wow! Because William Conrad just left. 
Wow. Not even like an extra's head. No, not even. <laughs> I, I was so happy they gave me his stand-in, who was actually really great. So they actually, <laughs> oh, they actually gave you a stand-in. They gave oh, me the nice. stand-in. Yes. William Conrad, you get a tennis ball. And the other thing I love was William. The other quick story was William Conrad was apparently so, so jaded and so lazy at the while they were doing this show. By the time he was uh, doing the 90th episode, that. He wouldn't, they, they needed to change his clothes for, like, it was supposed to be a different day. He, he wouldn't get up and go into the wardrobe room. He'd just go like this, and they'd, they'd take his clothes off. People would surround him and put new clothes on him. Oh, <laughs> they'd surround wow. him while everyone was standing there and just put new clothes on him, and then he'd just do the next, like, it was the next day. That's the height of laziness. That is. That's but, remarkable. <laughs> but there are so many stories about TV like that of, like, Fred McMurray on My Three Sons, like not even being there for half of the filming on it. <laughs> I had a I had a, a, a former uh, acting teacher who told me he was on T.J. Hooker uh, and Shatner was directing the episode, and oh. he, he was he was just he was guest starring, and he just he was just saying like, yeah, I was like it really did not seem like he knew what he was doing directing, and the uh, uh, and I was up there with another one of the the series regulars and he was like what is going on the series regulars like just 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 go with it <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious i know because that show was on for like 20 years also wasn't it like extended at a certain wow. at a certain point those things probably just direct themselves you know <laughs> you don't even need people moving the cameras they just do it themselves <laughs> Um, I'm going to promote, uh, you know what guys go to stolendress.com. That's where all my podcasts and my movies are. You can, you can get access to two of my movies and one of them you can buy if you want to pay money for a fucking movie. Uh, cool. nobody does that anymore. Um, or I say do it. check out the Dan and Jay's comedy hour podcast, which uh, is normally just me and my best friend, Dan fucking around and talking cause he lives in Boise and I live in Burbank and it's just us catching up. But sometimes of late we've been adding some more of the sketch comedy element which is something we both love anyway and uh very recently alan was on an episode uh playing uh notorious uh, serial killer h.h H. holmes and it was fantastic it i was... used a lot of 1800 slang you certainly did. Just... You did is that a real serial killer or is that a made yes up he was america's first yeah. serial killer he uh killed people in and around the chicago world's fair of 1893 and so we integrated time travel into our podcast a a long time ago and uh he contacted us from 1893 and um and what was he why did he kill people just was there any reason or just uh, he was insane that's, that's well i mean we, yeah but did he have like you know he had like a foot fetish or some crazy <laughs> probably or he just wanted must, to kill did you do i want to kill on like one of these guys i want to kill all women with red shirts on I mean, right like, right right probably some insane reason or? and he had like a crazy kill dungeon in his house and like yeah, oh did, that's nice yeah yeah it's good stuff i think i played him uh, i'd be i didn't didn't tell you jason but like almost like he had a uh uh potpourri just drove him nuts and anybody think that smelled similar to that he just, just potpourri just <laughs> just set him off that's interesting yeah, that's just... <laughs> anyone who has potpourri i'm killing them that was that it fascinating right. yeah it's good stuff um well that is th- this has been a great episode thank you again joe <laughs> Thank you so oh, much. Oh, I forgot I was going to show you something. Wait oh, a please. Oh, yeah, second. sure. Oh, Happy to. Jesus, I almost forgot. Hold on one second. <laughs> this was a thing. This was a thing that they gave me after I did the, the episode. After I directed yes. the episode. Yes. Oh, very nice. nice. And it's like signed by everybody. All the. That is fantastic. Holy so cool. Yeah, Joe, I'm going to be honest. I didn't. Cool. When you. 
when you said you had a prop and you walked away, I didn't think you were coming back for a moment. <laughs> so this is <laughs> that was actually a joke we we discussed on news radio one time with someone. Someone actually, Brian Kelly ran out of the room for some reason, like pretending he was mad, and he said, like, <laughs> I don't even remember what we were just joking about something, and he went, "That's it, I'm leaving," and he just left, and we said. That would have been so much funnier if you actually just left and went home and, uh-huh. and didn't come back. <laughs> so that actually, we actually discussed that on news radio. But uh, that was something we laughed about. But uh, I just wanted to tell you my favorite thing on this is what Phil wrote. Phil right here wrote. He wrote, Joe, Joe you are my Milos Foreman. <laughs> love it. Love it. I thought that was so funny. That's I, mean, I haven't even looked at this in a long time. But Please tell me it's That's in awesome. Sharpie, though, and not dry eraser, because that would be, I, I don't know what you It's got. It, it got sprayed <laughs> some, with some things, so it can't get erased, apparently. Oh, but, great. And then this nice thing from Paul. Eat a, eat a bag of shit, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Yeah. Do you, uh, we should use this as a thumbnail for the episode. Do you want to pose with it for me, Joe? And I'll, I'll get a, a good yeah, shot. Of, there we are. Yeah. I'm going to take off my... Take off yeah, my sure. Head. That'll be fine. Can you even see it? Yeah. And we're good. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do the stupid face. Don't put the stupid face there. I'll, I'll sue. I'll sue all of you. Uh, Please well, tell me you said that every time I before no action you it. made that face, right? That was, <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. Uh, uh, does anything anyone else write anything interesting? Uh, these people worked very hard for you. Love Dave Foley. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Brilliant. What is this thing? Are you familiar with the Bay Area? Mora wrote. Oh, that's. <laughs> um. These are all just inside jokes. Uh, of course, of course. I'm just seeing if there's anything funny that anyone actually said. Uh, not, no, not particularly, except eat a bag of shit, which was <laughs> very good. Yeah, that's good advice, right? That's <laughs> yes. Oh, Tom, Sh- Tom Sharonis wrote, "Thanks for the time off." Tom- <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, again, thank you, Joe. This has been a thank delight. You, Oh, sure. That was fun. You're welcome uh, back anytime, obviously. Well, I'm happy to do it again. That was fun. You guys um, were fun. I just can't believe if you guys do these podcasts. It's amazing that you're... Well, we don't do them weekly anymore, so it's less of a, less of a, like a time hassle. Um, and that's why we enjoy them more while we do, when we do them now. It's a little easier. And in rewatching oh. this, I actually laughed. I was like, oh, thank God. The show is still feeling fresh, so that's nice. Yes, yes. Oh, looks good. You don't want to be tired of your favorite show, even if you still think it's funny. You know, oh you yeah, I mean you get to you, know, you see enough of them. I mean that's a, I, even when I was doing it, it was like I it got just, I couldn't look at them anymore. I was barely ever watched. I barely ever saw them when they were even on because it just you got like so. Well, you're sick of it, tired. So of them, involved but, with it, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, and it was hard to have perspective watching it after a while. But um, I'll say this about you guys doing this podcast: it's um, a thing that John Cleese said one time when I when he was on when I worked at David Letterman. And John Cleese was standing there. He was standing there in the makeup room, and it was just he and I and the makeup person. He was just sort of talking to us and stuff. And at one point, something was Letterman was doing some. They were doing some. We were doing some dumb thing on the whatever, completely ridiculous skit or something like that. And John Cleese said, uh, "That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life." And then he said, 
and and you should get a Nobel Peace Prize for this. They <laughs> 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 they should give it be giving a Nobel Peace. That's how I feel with you guys. <laughs> you guys are the this is the craziest thing in the world, and you should get like a Nobel Peace Prize for your for your work. <laughs> I will happily take it. I will happily take it. Keeping kids it's, out of trouble with zany. <laughs> ridiculous minutiae well it's nice that somebody cares that's very sweet so <laughs> i kind of got a vibe you you were saying we should feel pride but also shame at the same time yeah, no you shouldn't feel shame. <laughs> my point it was exactly what john cleese's point was it's silly it's silly and it's ridiculous but it's great i think it's fantastic that you do it i love it that's very kind of you no that's very no, thank you. Well, it been very nice to us about this thank show you, it, it, oh, it's very well. nice thank you yeah. Uh, there's one thing left to say, ladies and gentlemen, and that is catch, catch you later, later cakes. <laughs> Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickert, Jason Klom, and Jen, who lives on the ether. Our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. Subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast outlet. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio, or find everything in one place at WNYXNewsRadio.com. Thanks, Joe. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15-plus years. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah! <laughs>